Hello. Hello. This is the So It Goes podcast with me, Rob, and my co-host, Dylan. And today's episode, we have found a hip-hop group called The Black Creatures. Yeah, uh, really interesting. Um, both, yeah, they're both really interesting musicians because they each bring their own thing to it. Xavier and Jade. And they've got, as, as we're recording this intro now, we've got new stuff coming out straight off the press. They, they have a new single out called Dumb. We'll share a link in the bio. Yeah, and uh, yet again with the other musicians, we've asked them what influences them, the songwriting process. And it was really interesting just to see how they create their own sounds and what inspires them. Yeah, we touched on lots of interesting subjects in the interview. So please welcome Xavier and Jade of the Black Creatures to So It Goes. I think the first thing we should say is hello and how are you and how's your day been? But I think the coronavirus scares kind of said it all oh yeah Truly. yeah i was doing super and then i keep remembering that it's actually getting really it's getting worse over here like i just got a text on my phone right before this meeting that was like news new york is putting up new covid restrictions for restaurants gyms and bars and i was like oh yeah that's still happening i'm pretty <laughs> yeah. isolated all the time so like yeah. i don't really think about it but yeah it's still happening <laughs> it's, it's weird like the, the whole sort of lockdown thing has been really weird because it's gone from at first it's gone from like everyone's got to stay indoors, everyone's locked down, to then adverts going, if you're going to get COVID, have it in our restaurant. It's been really... Yeah, um, but like to transition onto sort of music, how's lockdown inspired some of your pieces of work? Have you been really creative this sort of this year or...? You know, what's interesting is I feel like... Um... Oh my gosh, this is so, okay, okay. Let me let me try and say this in a chronological way or in a way that somehow makes some sort of linear sense because my brain generally doesn't do that, but I'm going to do it for you guys because, you know, that's kind. <laughs> so, yeah, of course. Um, and so I think it's been really interesting that we, so we kicked off Wild Echoes. Um, Xavier, when did Wild Echoes come out? <laughs> It's been, well, everything too. Time is just not really applied yeah. for a lot mm. of different intents and purposes. But um, was it was it September? Yeah, yeah. It locally, was September. It was September, and then uh, globally, I was August twenty eighth. August twenty eighth. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of twenty twenty. Of twenty twenty. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank yeah, you for that refresher. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, What's interesting is because of the way the, the release date and everything went, we we had a few shows that were all socially distanced. They were outside or they were remotely held and things like that. And then, um, you know, throughout all that, I mean, it's been so hectic sort of getting used to yeah. life in Times New Rona that we haven't put a lot on paper. Also, because we just moved, we actually moved mm -hmm. into a place... Um, with a couple other folks and with each other. So it's gonna be a lot easier to coordinate and, and, and create. But the other day, um, our record label, that's the other, that's been the other saving grace through this is like, we have a record label now, which is 
something I never, never, never expected. Um, you know, the Black Creatures, it just mm. started out so, so humbly, really, truly. So I'm thankful for the way it's grown. But uh, our record label asked us the other day, well, um, so are you thinking about new releases? And so Xavier and I, I'd like walk past you in the kitchen or something like that. And I looked at you, I said, so you've got new songs, right? And he goes, yeah, do you? <laughs> and I said, oh yeah, cool. So we're not, we're not, um, we're not, we're not going through really writer's block right now. No, no. Okay. Cause a lot of our creative process is like, we, one of us has an idea or the embryo of an idea and comes to the other and says, Hey, look at this fully finished song. I just want you to sing two bars on it. Or, um, I have this really great idea and we're going to build it from the ground up. Absolutely. Um, but a lot of times it's usually one or the other of us coming to the other and saying, yeah, hey, um, so we should put this song down on paper. You know what I mean? Yeah. During Corona, it's like, it's literally because before we didn't live together, like a month and a, a, month and a half ago, mm -hmm. um, we didn't like come together to work on stuff that often because we were trying to make sure we lived differently. So we were not trying to like expose each other. So we would work more so separately than before. Like before Corona, like we definitely met up weekly and would just like have even ideas that we'd never even used, but maybe they would be um, like the, the what is the, the springboard to other ideas. Mm. Um, and so now like Corona happened at the beginning of Corona, I was, I was producing a lot and writing a lot of just like demos and just ideas and nuggets and stuff. But as we get further and further into it, I'm just kind of like, what is happening with the world? What am I doing? Who am I? I'm having an existential crisis like during all this, but no, it's cool to uh, be close enough with you said, but no, it's we cool. Can, like, <laughs> we can like talk about it and then be like, okay, no, we can still work though. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, definitely. It's, yeah, it's great. It's really great so far. Oh, that's great. Uh, so you mentioned your album, Wild Echoes, and I saw the artwork from that like yesterday I think it was and it's pretty amazing I was just wondering how you came up with the idea about or if it was you who came up with it or maybe someone else or yeah you know Xavier we had a lot of conversations but I think that you were the one who reached out to the actual artist and said hey so so do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah actually uh before we reached out to Suzanne, we uh, I was at was working at a different job like years ago. I was in the bathroom and I was just like, "Oh, inspiration!" Oh, and I like immediately jotted down like a shitty draft. Oh, I can't. This is the radio. Uh, a, a poorly drawn draft image of uh, me looking into the radio or radio into the mirror and Jade looking back, uh, where we both have different expressions though, um, and like pulling our eyes down and just like looking really horrified or really, really looking yucky. excited. Uh, and I showed Jade this horrible drawing and I was like, what do you think of this idea? Like, what do you, do you think this really encapsulates the idea of the album that we're currently working on? And I mean, from what I remember, they were like pretty much on board, like from the jump. And I was like, cool. Do you, do we know anybody who can do this? We didn't, I don't think we had met Suzanne at the time. Did I we? had a few times. Okay. Because at some point we eventually showed this to who is now our current roommate and we're like, hey, would you be interested in doing this thing with us? And 
do you like this? <laughs> and it turns out this person was really into that type of art style. She so had, it really, yeah. it was a perfect match of idea and artist coming together in the culmination yeah. of our album art. She totally had the skill set for what we were looking for, which is like, she does a lot of horror illustrations and sci-fi illustrations. And we were like, oh yeah, her, yeah. She was, uh, Xavier, do you remember? We, we were over at her house and uh, <laughs> she was showing us, she makes these stuffed animals, right? That are like absolutely horrifying. <laughs> I love them, I love she's got them. This, yeah, <laughs> she's got this one that um, in fact, oh, I've got a drawing on my, not a drawing. I've got an actual photo on my wall of um, one of her many beautiful babies, but oh, it's nailed to the babies. wall. I can't, I can't pull it off the wall. But I mean, um, it's interesting, but also a little bit like scary <laughs> at the same time, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm very interested by what it looks like now. I, I've, I'll yeah. have to see one. Who's the artist called? And Suzanne? Suzanne Ray Nelson. Oh, right. um, we tied yeah. in a lot of our posts involving mm. our art. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like the... Um, yeah, in regards to the uh, album, sort of, when I looked at it, the first thing I thought was that it was like some sort of like split personalities thing because it was like the mirror and there's sort of each of the faces and it was slightly different. And I thought, is it supposed to be like, there's more than one meaning to it sort of thing. So it was, um, I just thought, thought the album was really interesting because a lot of album covers um, from newer artists that I've seen tend to be like the picture of the artist, you know, or the, of the artist doing something or something. I, I just thought it was a really interesting album cover because it made you just think and go, oh, I wonder what that means. Mm -hmm. That's Thank good. You. Yeah, I think it definitely does stand out. Though. I, I, I know what you're speaking to. There's a trend of like, um, yeah, people run, people, um, want to put their their name and their face on on what they're putting out there so i i've seen a lot of that a lot of photographs specifically and not so much illustrations so um yeah the opportunity to i mean and we we absolutely love a, a huge reason that the black creatures even exist is because we are huge fans of cartoons and anime and um you know cgi and things Horror like that and, and sci-fi mm. exactly I read on the internet that you met over Facebook over your love of anime and is that like <laughs> true or is that more like folklore so to speak? Well we <laughs> the tale as old as time I say. We became friends over our love of anime but we met over we like started interacting the very first time we interacted was because of makeup because we were just talking about the color of some lipstick uh and I mean that was it was interesting that that was the jumping off point but from there like we continued I mean we continued being friends because we started working on music but like it was easy to do that because of our common interests. Mm. Yeah. It's generally difficult for men to get my attention, but when you start talking about makeup, <laughs> I'm playing, but um, yeah. So I read somewhere that you were trained in opera. Was that, you got a background in opera. That's true. And yeah. Xavier has a background because he was a violinist. So you're both like, yeah, trained oh. musicians. So, just wondering how that's impacted maybe in your musicality. 
Yeah. Oh, here he goes with the violin. Um, my vocal oh, cords are in here somewhere if we're doing show and tell. Time. Oh, oh, shut your vocal cords now for I the radio. Swear, yeah. No, but I did. Um, my first, so, so yeah, in high school is sort of when mm. I really started taking um, singing seriously. It's something that I had always done for fun because, you know, why not be a, a channel mm. for or a vessel for people's, uh, you know, memories and things like that. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that song. But um, in, yeah, in high school, I started uh, going to competitions um, and training under um, a vocal teacher named uh, Brooke Little. And she forced me year after year to take German songs and Italian songs to these contests. Mm -hmm. And they were, I mean, they were straight up opera. And I say she forced me because at first I was very much like, I don't want to do this. But by the time I had, you know, gotten my awards and things like that, after I had uh, trained really hard, I was like, you know what, actually, this is pretty cool. And then it, it enveloped to the point where um, in my choir, I was the person that, they, that, um, my choir teacher was always like, okay, one person can hit the high note on this four part piece and it's Jade. And I want nice. nobody else hitting this note <laughs> because you're all gonna mess it up. <laughs> and so that was uh, my claim to fame in high school was I, I was the one who hit the high notes at the assemblies, nice. <laughs> at the pep rallies. I um, similarly played uh, in, in an orchestra uh, violin from middle school all the way through high school. Um, and I, I didn't go to competitions until until my junior year um, when I finally got into symphonic orchestra. Um, funny, my teacher at the time, and in seventh grade, thought I didn't like the class at all because um, I goofed off a lot. But like, um, <laughs> I was twelve, so <laughs> that was really that was really this just the thing. I actually loved orchestra; it was my favorite class. Uh, so getting to do it at seven a.m. actually wasn't horrible for me. But I did that. Did competitions. We always got the highest grade that was possible, which was kind of like, ooh. Um, and I kind of used that as a jumping off point to get into production because, I mean, I realized when I was 17 that I was really, really into music and I spent more time doing music than anyone, anything else. So why not pursue that? Mm. It's quite interesting because like with um, sort of, I do find that like, I listen to all genres of music, but I do find classical music really interesting. And sort of as musicians, do you ever end up sort of being inspired by some classical music and go, something from that could then fit into your current work, if that makes sense? Absolutely. Something that really inspires me all the time is, uh, well, I guess Impressionist piano isn't necessarily classical, but it has classical roots, obviously. Yeah. Um, and within music theory, like everything has a jumping off point from, mm. you know, classical roots because of mm. how culture has evolved so that's just how it is mm. um i can't name any particular songs off the top of my head um an artist specifically tchaikovsky uh Pachelbel and uh jeff barrows ben salisbury and hans zimmer but they're all the last three are like modern unfortunately mm. <laughs> yeah i would say i would take that um in the direction of like i'm really I'm really a big fan of music that on the one hand, like what I listen to for inspiration is I listen to a lot of um, like math metal and um, symphonic metal and um, other things that really kind of make my brain work to sort of keep up with what's that time signature? Did they just change keys? Did they, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 
and also very, very theatrical music. Um, so like, uh, for example, this album I've sort of had on repeat uh, has been 3001, A Laced Odyssey by the Flatbush Zombies. Um, and it's, mm. it's a really, really cool soundtrack because if you play it, if you click play at the same time that you click play on 2001, A Space Odyssey, that old uh, movie from mm. the 60s, mm -hmm. a sci-fi movie, it lines up perfectly with it. You've just got guys rapping over the beats the whole time. Nice. Um, that's really, really interesting. It's super that's complex and it's also Matrix. really, yeah, very, very original. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I've just been listening to almost on repeat mm. lately. That sounds amazing, man. I'm, that's the first thing I'm doing now when yeah. this is over. So I think one of my favorite songs of yours is a song called Wretched, which was released this year, I think. And uh, I was just wondering, how you came up with that song and like is there any meaning behind it yeah wretched is um a song that i'm i'm really excited about the fact that it's getting traction that people are paying attention to that song because um first of all the, the title um the hook of the song we are the wretched of the earth that is um a direct nod to france fanon's wretched of the earth which is like the most comprehensive reader mm. for current day settler colonialism and um, neoliberalism and how to um, how to how to avoid compartmentalizing things and recognizing that you know sort of uh, global global strands connecting all of us through our uh, similar but different oppressors. That was a lot of words. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was necessary. Mm. <laughs> but um but yeah i'm really that song had a lot to do with um especially in the midst of there's a lot of people talking about prison abolition the abolition of the police um talking about restorative and transformative justice talking about mutual aid and growth and support systems and and decent uh, human dignity and so on and so forth. I think that there's a lot of references and allusions to different um, um, messages of hope, but also sternness. Like, hey, we, we gotta we gotta keep ourselves disciplined. If this is what we want to do, we've gotta, you know, mm. keep fighting for it and recognize that it's not something that's gonna be handed to us. It's not yeah. something that comes easy because intentionally these systems have been built into our daily lives in such a way that it's easier to comply than defy. So yeah. the core of the song is basically like fundamentally part of those are filled with those ideals, um, which is directly referenced from that book. Mm. And it's like so timely as well and relevant. But uh, am I right in saying that you wrote it like before the Coven events? Like, you yeah, it was very serendipitous that it released in the time that it did. Um, yeah. But I mean, I guess for us, it's something that's pretty much constant, um, and like we're just we wake up aware of the the that situation and how it relates to us. And so, in writing that song several years ago. Um, there hasn't been a moment before or after that that song hasn't been relevant to our mm. lives on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Also, I mean, it's important to acknowledge <laughs> it was definitely written under the Trump regime, um, or the mm. presidency of 45. Mm. But, uh, you know, I think 
unfortunately, it's going to stay relevant for mm. for a little longer um, than many folks are anticipating, um, regardless of this uh, um, most recent <laughs> most recent presidential election over here in the states. Mm. I think as well that sort of one thing that does make it powerful is the fact that I I'll, I'll admit I didn't realize it was wrote before sort of before this year, I thought you just sort of wrote it. But the fact that it's been written before you've gone, this is sort of the things that are apparent issues in society. This is your take on them. And you can listen to the lyrics and you can go, that's, you can agree with it and go sort of that spot on. And then it's happened now and it's still relevant, sort of highlights that there are a lot of, that there are a lot of issues with society. And as you've said, it's, it's going to take a while to change sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that, is it, um, I want to ask now you as listeners, is it like, um, does it, does it make sense? Do you, <laughs> cause I mean, I, really, no, seriously. I mean, does it, is it, um, because one of the things I was really worried about, um, Xavier and I co-wrote this. Um, mm. but one of the things I was concerned about was like, is, is this too specific? Is this not specific enough? Um, yeah, I'm wondering if if some things you were just like feeling anything yeah. about. <laughs> I mean, I can only speak is like because I'm. I think I'm not like from what the song's about. I don't think I may have experienced some of the parts of that. So I can only speak is like a vice thunder for want of a better phrase but i feel like i see the message of that song in so many instances so the fact that it's been put into this wonderful like creative release which is like working as a form of escapism as well it's like mm. a politicized escapism i think like that in itself it shows that the power of the song even before i like those it. words politicized escapism oh thank yeah. you i mean yeah. i'll, I'll that trademark that now but. <laughs> no. um yeah could i uh, also add as well dealing that i find with art that i find with sort of art like music films whatever if there's sort of a a message behind it you can often you might not directly experience sort of the thing in the art form, like the issue that's being brought across, but you can empathize with it a lot mm. easier that way. So um, like one of the examples I can think of off the top of my head was Street Living by Will I Am did another rap about sort of like the legal system in America. And a lot of the points were raised and you're just thinking, oh my God, like I was not aware of this, but it connects Mm. You, you notice a lot more in music because because you're having to pay attention. Yeah, we need uh, like songs like "Wretched," if nothing else, just to spread that awareness mm. and to make yeah. sure there's mm. still like some magnifying glass, like in but different parts you. of the world, just mm. showing yeah, those issues. Because if it wasn't for people like you, I'm not a hundred percent sure we'd be exposed to these sort of problems in the world so well done i think <laughs> thank you that was okay. yeah a huge goal yeah no that made my heart light and happy Aww. i appreciate that 
Um, but yeah, and I loved you that you mentioned Will I Am. Um, appreciate you for that. <laughs> it's really cool for us that the international community is noticing a song that we wrote uh, about the political circumstances mm -hmm. surrounding the American justice system. That's really dope mm -hmm. for us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well deserved. Mm -hmm. Can I ask Thank as well? Uh, the drumbeat of the start, I think, has to be one of the greatest sounding beats I've heard in a while. And I've tried so hard to replicate that like, for weeks on end, and I've got relatively close, but it's driven me not insane, but very, very close to close, it. Yeah. Maybe that close away from insanity. So I think if I didn't ask this now, then that just pushed me over the edge. But how did you get that sound? I have been sound designing for like 11 years. Um, and so, I mean, I just took some kicks and some snares that I thought sounded really like quite like the 90s mm. and just made a beat that felt like what I experienced uh, as far as music. Uh, as a child. So like, I know for inspiration, I looked up a lot of LL Cool J songs, um, uh, some uh, Flowetry and some uh, Queen Latifah. Um, and I know that, what is that song? Just another day, chilling in the hood, just another day, just across another day the way. way. Oh, feeling good today, feeling good today. What is it? Just another day. It's called Just Another Day by Queen Latifah. And okay, so that Go song ahead. definitely uh, inspired mm. a lot of the beat. And then there was that uh, song with El Cool J that did, I can't remember the name of it, or even the Around, uh, the, Around the Way. Girl. Thank you. It's <laughs> my favorite song of all time, Xavier. So those two songs especially inspired that beat. And I definitely, I just listened to them on repeat, um, mm. especially the parts where there weren't any vocals so I could see mm. how, or understand how the drum beats like sound like that. There's a specific type of like, it sound environment that they exist in. And that's the thing that I was trying to emulate more so mm. than the exact instruments, because the instruments could be anything from the nineties. Mm. And as long as you put them in the right audio environment, it'll work. And I, I guess I, I did a good enough job. And <laughs> you were like, yo, this is the best. So thank it's you nice. for that. Cause it I mean, gets you to start like from jump. You just start banging your head like, oh, okay. Oh, we about to be on yeah, that that's now. That's exactly oh. it. Just remember the <laughs> moment it kicks in, you so good. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> one of those you. you just can't help. Just bang your head to it. Um, so you now the uh, song that got me sort of really sort of interested in your group was Twenty and Twenty Two, and it was because of the like the eight bit sound. It's because of like the eight bit sound on the piano on the keyboard just reminded me so much of like video games at arcades, and then how you were sort of doing call and response as well in the song as well. I just thought it was really catchy. Oh yeah. That's 20 so, and 22. Funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was this song that Xavier wrote for, can I, can I preface and then you say the rest? Yeah. All right, look, <laughs> this dude. So when we first started a band, um, we finally decided, okay, I guess we can give ourselves a name. We're going to start making more music for the black creatures. Um, Xavier, for some unforeseen circumstances had to move to the other side of the country um and i was like man this is this is rough this is going to be a lot harder to make music together and he's like don't worry about it i'll send you files you send me files we'll work it out well 
thank goodness gracious, he ends up moving back to KC about a year, two years later, something like that. One year, one year later. It took 12 months and he was like, nope, KC, (laughs) I got to come on back. But, um, yeah, so, so he moved back and he said, look, I wrote this song about this girl I had a crush on back in Washington. Um, yeah. Let's do this. And I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> but it's so, I mean, it's so sweet. And it's also really, it's funny because there was a time where, Xavier, you were 22 and I was 20, 20 and a half or something like that. <laughs> And then, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, so this almost sounds like it's about us, but we got to reassert for people. We're not like that. That is not the, that's not the <laughs> thing. Um, and so then there was a time where I was 22 and I, um, I, <laughs> I was, I guess I, I had a crush on someone who was 20. And so I was like, oh, now this song is about us. And um, now we're both over the age of 22. So we can just never perform it again. <laughs> That ha- that has been the rule that Jade has laid out, and I'm like, it's a good song, especially the remix I made. But whatever, uh, remix is great. I I love that you noted uh, some of the chunky eight bit and sixteen bit sounds in it. I that is a relic of my past that I did not realize. I kind of add as a signature to a lot of our music, uh, but before in in between um, high school and starting, uh, like, and I guess in between high school and college more so, I was actually really pursuing game design. Mm. Um, and I spent a lot of time programming uh, alongside studying music uh, in eighth, eighth grade all the way up to high school anyway. And the only thing, one of the reasons why I actually started producing in the first place was because I needed to make music for the games I was making. Uh, but then I kind of just dropped the game part and just kept making music. Mm. But I really like game soundtracks. Um, and like one of my favorite game video game soundtracks that isn't that doesn't have words in it is the Metric Prime soundtrack because it's just these amazing soundscapes um, that are still rhythmic and there's like very much music. Um, and so when you're like, oh yeah, I hear this this particular like gamey sound, and I'm like, oh, I I can't get away from that at all, no matter how much I try, <laughs> though I'm not trying very hard. Well, it's like, um, Xavier, one of the things that I love about working with you, um, even though I've worked with other producers at this point, um, it's like, Who? you create sounds, you make noises. The seeing of a producer. <laughs> you create... <laughs> no, 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 Xavier. It was just, um, it's just a one song thing. <laughs> no. But, um, <laughs> But, but like you create soundscapes, you know, Um, like you were talking about, you're creating not only you're like, like you take whatever instruments you can, whatever you got on you, but then you actually create the room in which the sounds happen through like, what is it? Um, What program do you use? I use Ableton now, but I used to use Fruity Loops. I used to be so good at Fruity Loops. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you for that. That's sweet. I... I don't get to I don't get to have the objective look at the production part because I'm just it's all work to me, um, so it's nice to hear outside opinions of those things. Mm. Um, as you know, Jade, and I'm telling you guys now, I don't usually put out a lot of stuff. Before I met Jade, I had a catalog of music that was just unreleased because it wasn't for I like mm. didn't think you, you know people do. want to hear this. Shut You're up. not fooling nobody. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> He's still oh, yeah, got I've, like an external hard drive just full of I, stuff. That's not I literally do. It's a terabyte hard. It's not full yet, but it's it's getting there. 
just unfinished or finished projects that no one's going to probably hear ever. I was going to say that's really interesting because, like, with sort of with I play a bit of piano, but I find that it's almost like I don't really perform much because I like sort of the whole. It's just something nice to do on my own. So it kind of when you said there's loads of unfinished projects, sort of thing, it made me think that you've done them just as your own little thing to kind of keep you happy because you can go right I can pick up ideas off them and if there's an idea that's really good I can go and stick it into a project that I want to get out that is exact mm. that is exactly it thank you for like understanding <laughs> because it's always hard to explain um so I'm glad there's somebody else who like mm. recognizes like a question what we ask a lot of people who like we talk to is uh, if you had to listen to just one album which one would you go for? Oh, wow. Goodness gracious. Let me, can I, can I go, can I come right back? I, I have an answer, yeah, so it's okay. Yeah, you yeah, can. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've you never had a back. person just leave. Yeah, <laughs> this is like, too much. Back, back. <laughs> right, bag one album. No. I literally can't handle this. I have to leave. Um, I, I would say I have one, it's either gonna be, there, it's gonna be both uh, Daft Punk options, uh, but it's mm. either Discovery or uh, Random Access Memories. It's Ooh, one of the two. Both amazing albums. They are yeah. brilliant albums. That's, that's why I'm stuck, but it's yeah. like, it just toss a coin and give me one of them and it's fine. Like I'll listen we, to that for the rest mm, of my we life. We can give you two and we'll be kind and we'll give you two for both of Wow. I am Very kind people. blessed, yeah. loved, and appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> so, what do you think? Like, is there one main thing what uh, appeals to you about those albums? Or they're they like if I was giving a class on um, like house music, I guess, and funk mm. and mm. disco, I would cite those albums um, not as like fundamentals because they came after obviously but they they uh encapsulate all of the elements in such a an obvious mm. and precise manner that anybody coming into those genres despite the fact that music exists and everyone's heard music before would go okay if you tell me that this is funk you tell me this is disco this is mm. house these are house elements or whatever uh i can understand that there are other things i feel like other songs other albums that are if I try to tell somebody this is funk, they're like, I don't understand how, what about this makes it this? So the album I picked, I don't, <laughs> I don't even have Drum it. Drum roll now. Um, right. It's called Withering to Death and it's by a uh, Japanese band, Visual K band called Deer and Gray. And um, mm. it came out some time ago, maybe mm. 2007, 2008. Mm. But it is so, I mean, there's just so many you want to talk genre bending like that is a really really strange album and so i had to go off of something that wasn't just one genre because i get bored really easily with just one genre <laughs> did you choose random access memories xavier i'm sorry sure. i'm back oh, yeah yeah i did i well i no picked offense. that or discovery both that fuck album. like they're 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 both great no they are they are that's amazing that's amazing um, i half expected you to pick a missy elliott album honestly you know, I almost, we don't, I don't even want to get into it. I had, <laughs> I, had, I had a real life crisis in that landing room, trying to figure out 
Like when you go in there, you're going to see a million CDs scattered mm. across the floor. Cause I was just like, <laughs> what do I do? do, I, do? Like, I don't have time to put these away. And I'm like, okay, I hope. And it didn't even end up being one that I have in my collection. So um, I that. apologize for yeah. putting you through <laughs> putting those me five sort of minutes stress. of trauma. Seriously, mm. Dylan, think about that next time. <laughs> I'm messing. That's a really good question though. It got my brain awake, really awake. Like, oh God. Another question what we ask people, and I've got a feeling is this could result in a similar response. So we need to be careful. Bracing myself. I'll stay here. Dream collaborations. Oh. Who would be your dream collaboration? Is that easier? easy? Yeah. I thought of this all the time. I think of this all the time. I, I'm going to give you three answers real fast. No, um, <clears throat> Daft Punk, easy. Tech Nine, because he's local and we're local. It just makes sense. And a third one, I mean, I have a lot of options here now, but let's just say Beyonce, just because that would be like wild. That would just be a wild option. Oh, that would be <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Yeah. On a first name basis with Beyonce. We don't say Mrs. Of... Knowles anymore. <laughs> Nor Miss Carter. Mm. Um, I would say for me, I would love to collaborate with um ooh, 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 ooh. what is his name? The drummer for Death Grips. Really, I'd 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 work with MC Ride too. The Death Grips. <laughs> the Death Grips. The Grips of Death. No, Death Grips. Um, I would love to work with, seconding what you said, Xavier, I would love to work with Daft Punk. I'd also love to work with the Gorillas. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Gorillas is a good shout. That is a good shout, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. No, there's so many more people. There's so many. There's just so much. But Realistically, really, we would just hold a festival with all of our favorite artists, and we would have one song with each of them. And that's just how it would go. Yeah. And just mm. hop from stage to stage or just like freestyle the whole thing. Xavier, <laughs> one of the things Xavier and I do like every time we get together for band practice is we like unintentionally goof around enough to make a whole like three or four minute song together. Um, that's that's the totally best nonsensical. Yeah, they're the best ones. <laughs> they're so fun. So, and then the last one uh, is, so what gets you through lockdown like was there any sort of maybe a tv show or a film or a book or a track or something which really helps you get through lockdown at first i was binging i've been on okay a vampire KO. oh you have oh my apologies yeah i uh at first i was watching i binge watching this cartoon called okay ko um and that I finished it. And so I've just been playing a lot of video games. Uh, Risk of Rain 2 is the one that I've been just like powering through um, to get me through COVID. Mm. Mm. I think that's probably what I'm gonna get to next. It was initially what helped me get through lockdown was gardening. So I, I, was, I was outside, I was growing food, I was getting my hands in the soil and everything was great. And then um, now it's cold and now none of my plants will grow. They're all brown and they're like, it's time for us to go to sleep, Jade. And I'm like, no, please, just one more tomato, one more leaf, you know? <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> so then it was getting ready for Halloween. Um, and finally, I've just been sitting on the couch watching vampire movies um, for the last week or something. <laughs> I think all we can say after that then is, Thank you very much for oh. joining us on this Zoom call. 
Oh, thank thanks you for so having much. us. Yeah, yeah Dylan, been, thanks. Yeah, it's been really exciting. Mm. We're really like fans of your music, so it's been nice to talk to you thank and you. dissect all your Yeah, thank you. You guys are real cool. So, oh, thank you. like, consider us consider us friends across the pond. Once again, thank you very much to Xavier and Jade of the Black Creatures for coming on to the show. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to them. Their latest album, Wild Echoes, is out now. And be sure to check out their latest single, Dumb, which has literally just dropped a few weeks ago at the time of release. As with all the artists featured in So It Goes, links to their socials will be found in the bio below. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to never miss an episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll join you next time on So It Goes.